is Tipton Golf Coach Heath Hesse, and you are listening to the Coach's Corner Podcast. Coach's Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stonebreaker. On this second summer podcast, I caught up with several area baseball and softball coaches. On today's episode are Tipton baseball coach Troy Smock, Durant softball coach Kevin Kaleberg, Wilton softball coach Courtney Dinkman, and Wilton baseball coach Jake Serrata. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. the Coach Miller Podcast. We're catching up with tipped-in baseball coach Troy Smock. The Tigers have a few games under their belt, including a big victory over a state-ranked team. Coach, welcome on the podcast. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for having me again. We're going to start with Cascade. We may have talked about this last week. However, uh, it goes without saying that um, this was a big victory. Uh, We had Cascade come in on Thursday the 13th. And we left. They, they left. I should say, with a loss. Four to three was the final score. And you know they had an interesting time coming into. They had a little period of time where um, you know they lost to us and they uh, routed uh, number seven Beckman. <laughs> um, and uh-huh. then they got just. I'm. I'm just gonna say they got lit up last night at Wilton. So. I mean, they've had an interesting seven-day stretch here themselves, but, you know, when they came in to play us, they were um top-ten team, and it was just a great game. Yeah, well, it was great all the way around. You know, we, you know, the stat line didn't look great for us offensively as far as, um, you know, hitting a ton or anything, but we had a couple guys get some big hits here and there and enough to get it done and definitely the pitching and defense was outstanding that night for us with Luke going over giving up um, three hits scattered three rounds only two were earned but um, like he has done all year he just gets up and down and it was good defense all around for us so like you said before it was a great win for us you know those ones don't come along um, very often I can't I, don't, I haven't been here as long as you, but I don't know how long that's been since we got Cascade. So it was definitely a big one, and, and anybody that beats Cascade can feel good about it. So, you know, it was a close win. We we had a close couple games where we lost two games earlier this season uh, by four four runs or less, and we got a close one. And you know, that's a that's just another step in the development. You know, these guys um, they know who they are. You know, they know they're not going to hit six to ten home runs each and they know that um they have to kind of grind out wins and this game i know it's mid-june and there's two three weeks four weeks left of the year 
you don't want this to be the highlight of the season, but this is going to be, when you look back, one of the highlights of the year, right? I think there's no doubt about that. You know, we talked about that after, you know, we got the two games uh, against Virginia earlier a few weeks ago. It's like, we don't want this to be a highlight. We want it to be a stepping nose to something bigger. And um, then we had a little dip in there that, that next week. And then uh, to finish uh, that week a week ago with two victories, a lighter week as far as games, but they definitely finish off with a, a, a win against Cooper. So that was a good thing. And, we said the same thing after that. We're really excited about this. You should be proud of your um, efforts. But how do we take this and then uh, go on to bigger and better the next week? You guys had seven hits. Luke Becker, Trent Pelzer each with two. Luke had, like you said earlier, the walk-off hit in the bottom of the seventh. Cascade led 2-1 to one after the second. We scored twice in the fourth to take the lead that we did not trail after that, even though the score was tied going to the bottom of the seventh. That was the second straight victory over a River Valley Conference North opponent. Northeast was the foe we beat before, and um, two good wins against teams in recent history that have had our number as we went into West Liberty. West Liberty this week was a uh, home game. Actually, proved to be the only home games we had. Um, this past Monday, the Comets, uh, we split. Um, again, two close games and two teams that, you know, you line up the stats, you know, we talked about last week toward the end of the podcast how, you know, they score the same as us, we uh, hit the same as us, and, you know, they the makeup is kind of the same. Yeah, for sure. You know, as we talked in, in pregame comments last week, we said it looked like a mirror image of each other, and then the game shook out. And, I mean, I don't know if you can get any more mirror than that. You know, I don't know about the stats, but the way the game ended with, uh, game one, us getting sort of a walk-off on an infield um, fielder's choice by Jacob. Sort of controversial. I think it was, I believe, it was definitely a, a ball that hit the ground, but some controversy there to end it. And then to flip the tables, you know, an hour and a half later, um, with, uh, close call to play with, uh, you know, would have been a tie and run at the play, but, but out at home. So, yeah, I mean, you can't get any closer than that. Razor thin either way, so. Cole Searing, six strong innings in game number one. Seven strikeouts, one walk, gave up eight hits, two runs. Kale Jerron came on to get the win in game one, uh, pitched a scoreless. I'm sorry, he gave up two runs, but he pitched an inning in relief. We had uh, four hits. Jerron had two and three RBIs. And, you know, three runs in the bottom of the seven took game one. Game two. This I know it was a loss, but I think this may be the favorite, my favorite game this year, and at least uh, as of now, just because uh, adversity. It seemed like we our backs were against the wall, even though on paper we were kind of equally matched. We had thin pitching, is probably fair to say. Um, not be, not really because of something we've done. It's just how the schedule works out, and you know we did our best to get through that. You know, Kale Drawn um, started, got through an inning. Caden Rezac three and two thirds of I thought tremendous relief appearance from Caden. You know, Brady Connor first varsity experience uh, um, baptism by fire. Hey, you need, we need you, <laughs> and he gets an inning and a third out of him. And then Trent Pelzer first varsity uh, appearance as a as a as a pitcher, um, goes an inning, a scoreless inning, strikes out two, and I don't know. I, that's just the pitching side. Then you go to the hitting side, you know, you have Brady Conner with two doubles. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, who knows what he was thinking when he came to the ballpark that night. I mean, I don't know if he was thinking he was going to get two doubles and uh, um, two RBIs and, you know, get almost two innings worth of pitching or what. But um, not to make him sound like a, a seasoned veteran by any stretch, but just there's so many little things that – I felt like we had to overcome. I know we didn't get the win, but it's like we did everything else that we needed to. Yeah. Other than having a strong start, um, you know, giving up three in the um, to get down by seven, sort of sometimes, and to be down seven going into the fifth, it's kind of like, oh, here we go. But we battled back. Um, the five that we got in the fifth was really big. Kind of get some life and put some men back into us, and um, and then we were just, you know, like I said, uh, an eyelash away from from tying it up and runner being on uh, important position at least for third and a chance to go win with another walk off. So the back to back walk offs was great. We just couldn't quite get three three walk offs in a row. So. We followed that up the very next night, which actually turned out to be great, too. You know, you didn't have a ton of time to kind of sit around and be like, what it should have, could have. We traveled to Cedar Rapids. We got a game at Cedar Rapids uh, Veterans Memorial Stadium where the Cedar Rapids Colonels, uh, the Class 1A affiliate of the Twins. Ironically, that's your favorite team. And uh, there's also, you know, Postville, Postville team that we're not going to see unless we play a game like this. And we came away with a 6-0 victory. And, you know, it was a good night. Yeah, it was one of those nights where, <clears throat> you know, just knowing that their program has, has been struggling overall, you know, we thought coming in, you know, on paper we're probably the better team, but then we go out and we showed it. You know, we didn't go lights out hitting, but we, we were solid. We were sort of on cruise control and, and, and you know, took care of the game, pitched a couple different guys on the mound, three different guys on the mound. Um, but it was, a, it was, it was more... I don't know if it was more about the experience, but the experience I think was equal to playing well. So I think it was it was a fun night for everybody. Got to get JV and varsity out there, and um, you know high school sports. Your time there is so short, so if you want to get a good experience in it too, you got to take those opportunities. I saw you had tweeted out a, a message from Postville where they were really appreciative to have this chance, and you know it's easy to. To see on the schedule, Postville is like where's Postville, but at the same time, you know they're kind of in the same boat we are. It's uh, it's something really nice that Cedar Rapids, the Colonels, uh, open up their stadium, and you know I know the University of Iowa will play there a week from today actually um, against Center Point Urbana. But things that you know, Postville doesn't have many opportunities like this either, and to to have that, I mean, it just is a I don't know. You give kids opportunities. You know, not everyone's going to be able to go to state and stuff like that. We've talked about it before about, you know, you do little things like this or, uh, you know, you you wear a special uniform. You honor somebody or you just give them that, uh, that moment that um, some people don't do. Yeah, it's one of those, you know, like you said, it's a little thing because, you know, um, if there's a hundred and... Some schools in the state, the only time with their health held head held high after winning a state championship every year. So, um, what other things you do to make it fun, make it um, be 
meaningful and important, and, and you know, winning is a huge part of that for me and, and for the boys and all our coaches and fans. But um, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. The other teams practicing too; they're trying hard too. You know, different things there, but things that we can set up and, and make a great experience for the kids. We definitely want to do that. And, Colonel Stadium in Iowa, and we'll get a chance to go to Mount Mercy next week, too. Um, all those little things aren't necessarily little things. So um, how do we take those opportunities? And when you can, can go to those places and then play well, it makes it even better. Two seniors of the three pitchers, uh, Luke Becker started, Jacob Tishik also got in. And both those guys is kind of, uh, you know, whatever happens from here out, you know those two guys have been to that stadium many times to watch the Colonels and, you know, dreaming about being out there and, you know, they got to be out there. And it's a whole different game out there when you see a different depth <laughs> with a bunch of other seats. Uh, Grant, those guys have been, uh, you know, they've played uh, at Mount Mercy last year and some other things. But I don't know. It's always uh, a neat little thing for uh, to see seniors get a chance to. You guys had seven hits. Uh, Tishik had two and an RBI. Luke Becker, Trent Pelzer, Connor Hermison, Kale Duran, Carter Hill, all with hits. Luke Becker, Trent Pelzer with two RBIs, Carter Hill with one. Eight stolen bases, four walks. Those are numbers that uh, I'm starting to begin to expect. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's one thing that, that I think, you know, we can be up that. 79, you know, hopefully double digit hits. You know, not every night, but if we can consistently be up there, and one thing we do have is we've got a lot of quick guys, fast guys, good base runners, that if we can get, um, get the small ball stuff going and get running the bases, I think that definitely um, works in our favor. Like you said before, we're not going to, you know, crank out 10, 15, 20 home runs a season. Um, we're going to have to, you know, scratch it by going base to base. You guys traveled over to North Cedar last night over to Loudoun and um, came away with a 15-5 to victory in a game that ended in the sixth because of the 10-run mercy roll. That was third victory in four tries and fourth out of the last five. Luke Becker picked up the victory on the mound, and, you know, he's as close to automatic right now. He's really locked in. Yeah, you know, he, even last night, he wasn't, as sharp as he would like, um, given the four earned runs, five overall. But um, he's also smart enough to know once we started to get that lead, you know, we talked about how do we pitch with the lead. We throw strikes and we make them hit it, and, and they just had enough enough hits in there to, to make it happen. You know, if it had been a two-to-one ball game, he's probably trying to be a little bit finer and maybe get a strikeout, ground out. But we're saying, hey, when we're ahead, we got to conserve energy, conserve pitches, so let's make them hit the ball and put it in play. And, and on there, to credit them, they, they did hit the ball and they put it in play and they hit it where we weren't. So um, they got back into it, but then we were able to score the last couple in that last inning to, to end it a little bit early. So that was a nice thing to see out of the boys. So, yeah, you know, you, you mentioned last week on the podcast how, you know, even if he's not, like, on, he's – he gets through things, you know, he's, he's, he doesn't get up too up. He doesn't get too down. He just kind of just keeps on going and, you know, five and a third. Um, he did give up eight hits, five runs, uh, one strikeout, two walks. Uh, those aren't typical numbers, but, um, you know, you guys have, uh, 
got some wins when he's been on the mound here. He lowered his ERA to 2.33, give or take. And, uh, you know, he's he's probably going to go down as one of the better pitchers, if not the best pitcher here in the last, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years here. He's definitely having a great senior season. And, and what also is nice about him, too, is that he's uh, he's so versatile, you know. Um, he probably, if we, had him, if we needed him to catch, he could catch. He can really do it all. And um, we have a lot of guys that can do that, not just Luke, but we have a lot of guys that can do that. They're just good ball players all around, not just I can only play third, I can only play short, I can only play whatever. We've got a lot of guys that can do a lot of things. Obviously, there are some spots that they're better at, but... Um, I think it helps when you have a lot of guys that can be versatile. 16 hits, by my count, is going to win a lot of ball games. We had many players with multiple hits. In fact, all but two, all but three, sorry, had multiple hits, which is insane. Uh, Luke Becker led the way with three for five, three RBIs. Dylan Minty, Trent Pelzer, Keldron, Cole Searing, and Peyton Gertner each had two hits in the game. And... You know, they went with Ethan Saar. He's a he's a their ace. We uh, got to him in the second and third. We were up seven to zero and kind of on our way. We had a five run fifth, and really not overly challenged in the game. Yeah, you know, it was it was good good quality hitting. You know, uh, shout out to Coach Hines and Coach Bell today. They work a lot with the hitting part of it, um, and the and, but mainly the kids coming in there and having a good approach of the plate and. Um, seeing the ball well and putting it in play, you know. Um, you know, we didn't have guys trying to hit it over. It's a little bit shorter in center there, but, and sometimes you go to a little bit smaller ballpark, you try to hit the ball out. But we were just looking for line drives and hard ground balls, things like that. And um, like we just got done saying, that's the kind of team we are, you know, doubles and singles and uh, maybe a triple here and there. You know what's crazy is uh, we look ahead here. We have 14 games left, and we've played 16. And we have a really good shot to hit the double digits in win totals. Um, our next game is uh, – our next games, I should say, as of this recording uh, at 2 o'clock here on Friday afternoon, the 21st. Um, we're scheduled to play at Davenport North, a doubleheader tonight. Um, the rain is still coming down, but – you know, it hasn't been called yet, so there's always hope. And, you know, even if you take that out next week, uh, here's the schedule. Monday, Animosa at home. Wednesday at Lone Tree, which means at Mount Mercy, actually, in Cedar Rapids. We come back home for a doubleheader with Durant on Thursday. And we go to the University of Iowa next Friday for a game of center point Urbana. So, you know, we had a busy week this week, and, you know, I'm guessing pitching may, you know, you don't want to get a rain out by any stretch, but a rain out would help pitching. But at the same time, you know, getting to play down in Port North would be pretty cool too. Yeah, it's sort of a double-edged sword. Our arms, as far as pitching-wise, we could we could use a night off, but we also don't want to cool these bats off after um, 16 hits last night. So, yeah, we definitely want to play. Obviously, Mother Nature might have different things in store, but as of right now, like you said, nobody's, we haven't heard anything, and you know, being a bigger school, they could have it, you know, fully tarped and, and ready to go here at five o'clock. So um, we'll just kind of be waiting to see. 
We have a little bit of a little over three weeks of the regular season left. Uh, kind of equal games throughout, you know, four to six games, depending on what it is and how weather goes. And, you know, before I let you go, we uh, found out our pod, per se, for the postseason. And uh, it looks like a River Valley Conference South tournament waiting to happen. Yeah, you know, nobody's going to sneak up on anybody by the time we get to that point in the season. And the other thing is you look at those teams and you, you try to follow a little bit, but um, there's not one team that stands well, well above because it seems like everybody, like it always is in, in RBC, that there's teams that can beat each other on any given night. And um, everybody's got a good one or two good pitchers and um, yeah, it'll be kind of exciting. It's kind of fun to see different teams, but it's also fun to kind of know what you're walking into, too. It is kind of neat, you know, knowing that um, as of this recording, you know, there's no state-ranked teams in our district. Um, I'm not ranking our district amongst by other districts by any stretch, but um, it just is what it is. And, yeah, you know, there's not a um, – Everyone has an ace, and then, you know, you look at how are they going to deploy that ace and, you know, how much confidence and, you know, some of that stuff will work itself out, you know, as brackets come out and uh, confidence and uh, um, how things are going to go down, um, builds, and who knows, you know, uh, heroes are made in uh, in late in uh, July every year, and you never know what team is going to have that hero step up. Yeah, for sure. You know, you can even look back even to last year. You know, West Branch came in uh, the district that we hosted that, that first round as a six seed, and they cranked up a couple of victories right away. So it's, it's really about who gets hot at, at the right time of the year, and we're hope, we're hopeful we're one of those teams. Coach, thanks for coming on this afternoon. I appreciate it. We'll have some games to talk about next week, and we'll see what happens. So good luck. Go get them. Thanks, Brian. Back to the Coach Corner Podcast. We're catching up with Durant, softball coach, Kevin Kaleberg. The Wildcats are in the middle of another fine season. Coach, welcome on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's kind of exciting in a way, but it's also reality. You know, we're sitting here in week five of the season. You know, it always goes by fast. How are things going? Uh, going well. Kids are working hard. Um and you're, you're right, it is going fast. I was actually this morning looking at next week's schedule, and I'm like, wow, we're down to a couple weeks or a week and a half of regular season. Um, but the kids are working hard. Um, each day we just try and get a little bit better and, and work on things. You know, you guys are kind of have an interesting schedule. You know, as a kid and even now, you know, sometimes I'll catch ESPN's Big Monday for uh, college basketball. And you guys have several big Mondays on top of each other. It started uh, on the 10th of this month. You had uh, went to Wilton for a doubleheader. This past Monday, you guys had Regina. And then this Monday, you have Comanche, three ranked teams in the conference. And, I don't know, it's kind of a exciting on my end. But, I mean, you know, um, I, mean, I know you guys are excited to play these games too. But 
it's kind of, I don't know, I just found that interesting, I guess, when I was looking through the schedule. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. And, and we, we played West Liberty in a doubleheader on a Monday, you know, last month. Uh, so I don't know what it is about the Mondays, but I, I do. It is fun to kick off the week that way. Um, so, you know, we Sundays were off days, and we let the kids unwind and get away from it. Um, and then to come back the very next day and get ready for a big game against ranked teams um, has been a lot of fun for me. So, And I didn't know the kids enjoy those games. I was thinking about this this morning, that you kind of are come full circle. You know, I've known this. I just didn't put it all together. But, you know, you've had a daughter play in the conference. You've coached in the conference. And now uh, you're sending another senior group out in the conference in a way. And um, that has to be kind of cool. I mean, I don't know how many coaches uh, currently, at least, have kids that they're or have been had that, you know, the father aspect plus the coach aspect. I mean, granted, you can make a case that all coaches are, um, you know, fatherly, but, I mean, have you thought about that at all? Um, I, I have, um, and I, I just, I love this conference. Um, always have, because it's competitive, um, and it, I don't care which sport. Um, you know, and, and I went to school at Midbury, so I grew up in this conference, Um and then to have two daughters come through and play against tough competition, and it just it, it never changes. You know, every once in a while, you know, um, a few schools may, you know, everybody goes through their ebbs and flows, but it's just every year you get ready and you look at the schedule and here's the big games coming up. And every year it seems like, you know, a lot of times it's the same schools um, that just have programs that have been established and do a good job, and you know, year in and year out, they're going to come out and compete. Um, so it, it is. It, it's been fun, and and I, uh, one of the best conferences in the state, um, especially our size. One of the um, one of the things that uh, you know has to be exciting on a coaching perspective is you know you're coaching against people that have made state tournaments and won state titles. Um, you know, the jobs in the conference are sought after. It's not a you know, in addition to, you know, when they're looking for a teaching job, it's like, oh, yeah, we have softball. You know, it's like sometimes a lot of schools lead with that. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, and that is, you know, one thing that you see over the years, whether, you know, when I coached ASA ball at Mid-Prairie. And, you know, back then Mid-Prairie High School, you know, was, good, was really good. Um, and my younger daughter's team went to the state four years in a row um but it's it's a mindset and you know and when i got to durant it's the same mindset um they they're going to state is is something that they don't take it for granted um and they're working hard for it but at the same time it's these are our expectations um and it 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 makes it fun because it practice i think there's a different mentality um, when you get ready to go play in games, there's a different mentality. Um, when you run across teams that are established and veterans, like this group is here at Durant this year, it's just a different mindset coming into the games, and it's a lot of fun. You guys started off the season on a seven-game win streak in that time. In fact, the season opener, Cameron Meyer picked up her career strikeout number 500 since. Uh, in talking with you uh, uh, last week, you know, she's picked up career 600. 
you know, there's not to say, I don't know, there's a shot she could get her 700, I would think. Uh, you know, there's there's 10 games at least, you know, and there's postseason, and, you know, she's capable of that. Talk about, you know, Cameron and just the start of the season, you know, she's an ace out there, but, you know, at the same time, you have one B in Jenna Lawson, too. You know, it's uh, it's really a, really a good staff. Oh, absolutely, and it's um... – not only do you have quality arms, but again, you, you have experience that have been through it. Um, and when you talk about Meyer, that's just um, and a competitor. Um, the bigger the game, and I swear, the hotter it is, the bigger she gets. Um, and so then in Lawson, you have a righty-lefty combination. They throw differently, which is perfect. Um, lost him through a really good game again last night. Um, I think it was a two-hitter. Um, struck out 10. So to be able to have those two arms, it, it's, uh, it takes a little pressure off because, you know, you have two arms you can go to. Um, and Meyer does have a shot at 700, I believe, this year. You know, that's, that's not, you know, a goal that we're going for. It's just something that I believe as we go along she has a chance to achieve. You guys have uh, split with West Liberty, split with Regina, split with Wilton. And, you know, in a normal season, that may be not the ideal, but, you know, everyone's playing each other. And you guys still have quite a few conference games left. Take me through uh, some of those games as far as, you know, those are the games the kids, I mean, they're excited to play. But those are exciting, you know. They uh, they've been in state tournaments. They they've been in uh, conference championships. They've they've had those things. And these are the types of games where you know the the Cameron Myers, the Ruby Kaplers, the Hannah Haps, the the Warners, the Lawsons, the on down the line. And then you have the new group of kids that you know. You have the Schultz. You have the Poston. You have um, you know Kylie Kay. You have some of these other gals that. Um, will be back next year. Who have had so much experience in the in those games and those sort of situations, um, you know, it just kind of cycles through like a thunderstorm. You know, it's like it just keeps cycling through. Oh, absolutely. And and the the older kids, as you said, that have been through it already, the seniors, they are doing a great job with with the new kids or the younger kids. Um, and here's our approach to the game. It's just, it's another game. Um, we take, you know, one day at a time. We'll take one game at a time. And it's, I think it's helped the younger kids relax. I think, you know, they still get, you know, like a lot of kids, they, they get a little nervous. But when they see the seniors, I'm, they get up for it. But when you look at them and watch their, um, the way they prepare for the game, it doesn't change. Um, and I think that's important for the younger kids to see is, it, yes, it's a big game, but we're going to approach it the same way we would any other game. Um, and that's and that's a way for us to try and stay more even-keeled throughout the whole season when you play this many games. Let's take a look at the Regina doubleheader. You guys had uh, another top ten matchup. And, you know, you, you can say Meyer – 
you know, I, I think she's earned that, uh, you know, distinction, you know, everybody for NBA growing up, you know, it's like, you know, you don't have to say Michael Jordan to say Jordan, you know, everyone seems to have a picture, you know, you guys have Meyer and, you know, you just refer to her as Meyer, you know, Regina has a girl Bracken. I, you know, here and there, you know, I'd take Cameron, you know, but at the same time, you know, Bracken had a good game in the first game. Um, Cameron fired right back in the second game, and you guys got a split. Yeah, um, you know, and and um, I just felt at the end of towards the end of that first game that Meyer was was getting stronger, um, and so to be able to put, you know, and to know that she can go out and she can throw both games um, and get stronger as she goes, you know, is is nice is a nice thing to have. Um, but you still have loss in there when you need her. Um, and, yeah, and Bracken, Bracken in the first game, um, kept us off balance a little bit. Um, but, you know, the kids bounced back. You know, what was our plan going in and did we follow that plan? Um, and so to be able to go into a second game and know that Meyer's going to go out there and there's a really good possibility she's going to shut a team down. Um and I don't, that doesn't mean she's going to shut somebody out, but she's going to keep them with a low run total. Uh, so to have that is really nice. Ten strikeouts, two walks, no hitter against Regina for Cameron in the second game over seven innings. Four runs in the first kind of sent you guys on your way to the 6 nothing victory. Ruby Kaplar, Hannah Happ, three for seven combined, two extra base hits, RBI, two runs scored. You guys have some pretty good table setters there. It's nice to have those two veterans at the top, especially when you have Cap batting leadoff, who, when she gets on, she's just disruptive on the bases. And I, it excites the rest of the team when she starts running. Um, I have a ton of confidence in her. Um, she knows it, so I think that helps her relax a little bit. But she's, and I, I always tell her, if I want you to stop, I'll stop you. Otherwise, just play the game um, and have fun. And I think, you know, that's important for the kids to understand and help them stay relaxed. Is they don't have to think, just just react. Um, so to have those two seniors at the top of the order and both hitting well this year and getting on base, um, is just lights up the offense a little more. Ruby's seventh in the class, two uh, A and stolen bases, leads the conference with 25 of 26 attempts. And you know she adds a power element too. She can, she can hit them over the fence with the best of them. You know, um, you guys are just blessed with good, uh, good players, and those two are two of them. So, you know, you guys have Monticello in your most recent game, and you know, Coach Monticello's kind of interesting. You know, I mean, they they seem to be solid, and then sometimes they lose games they're not supposed to. Um, you know, they played you guys uh, sort of tough, I guess, five nothing. And you guys did get the victory, and you go into um, this weekend's tournament on a two-game win streak. Yeah, um, it was a nice win last night, and, and yeah, my, my, uh, Monticello's um, pitcher does some different things um, to try and keep you off balance. Um, we were out in front a little bit too much, uh, weren't quite as patient as we should have been at the beginning of the game. But you know, the kids adjusted, um, and then you know. They, they've got some kids that can hit the ball, and, and Lawson, like I, I said earlier, did a really good job of um, shutting down their bats. 
you hope to get four games in in the next two days. There's a lot of nice ranked teams there, and uh, it's a good chance to get away from town and, uh, you know, get a chance to... And this is kind of the last weekend potential for tournaments, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and I'm hoping that the rank holds up because it it is a really good tournament. Um, I was looking, and it's bracketed, so I think that makes it fun. Um, it, it just adds another element to a, to a tournament instead of having four our preset games. Um, and looking at the bracket, it doesn't... Whatever, regardless of what we do, win or lose, as we go through, we're going to face another ranked team in the next round. Um, and that's exciting to me, and I know the kids enjoy that. Um, and it's all, you know, 3A, 4A, 5A schools. Um, so it'll be, it'll, be, it'll be a big challenge. Um, but at the same time, it, this, is, this is why you play, to, to go against this kind of competition. The kids really enjoy that. This is a nice tournament. It kind of is a throwback. Uh, when I was a kid, it seemed like uh... – Toward the end of the season, Lisbon had a really big tournament. Solon had a big tournament. It's kind of like this. They'd bring in, like, you know, a Carlisle or a, um, somebody like that. That's, you know, you're not going to face these guys unless you make the effort to travel, you know. And uh, right. those opportunities, you know, like like we said earlier, you know, you have a bunch of experienced kids. But, you know, it doesn't hurt to have a reminder here and there. It's like, hey, you know, they're kids. You know, I mean, they, they're, they're not – prone to to doubting sometimes and you know these opportunities here um to get that tournament feel because you know a state tournament you know you play a day or you play multiple state ranked people and um yeah there's there's a lot of positives come uh this weekend yeah and i wish you know to be honest with you i wish there were more like this and i wish there more were bracketed so that you know teams knew they were put there not that they don't get up for big games anyway, but it seems like when it's a bracketed tournament and you're going to go one direction or the other and there's something, you know, at the end, um, you're not just playing four preset games. And I agree with you. I'm, I think, you know, and I know I'm like old, but <laughs> back, back, you know, a long time ago, a lot of the tournaments were bracketed and I thought that was just a more exciting element to the weekend. A lot more crowds come out for those too. I, if I remember right, too. Not that to make uh, light of current stuff, but anyway. No, I, I agree with you. <laughs> and, and Clear Creek always had a uh, back when Jim White was coaching there. Always had a big tournament, and it was always bracketed, and it was just a lot of fun to go watch. Coach, I appreciate your time this morning. Good luck this weekend. Hopefully, we'll have some uh, games to talk about next week on there. Um, regardless, you guys again have a full week of scheduling, and uh, it's uh, going to be a good week. So, good luck. Go get them. Thank you. Welcome back to the Coaching Corner Podcast. We're catching up with Wilton softball coach Courtney Dinkman. Beavers have three games under their belts this week. We're going to talk about them here today. Coach, welcome on the podcast. Thanks, Ryan. You guys are 
finishing up week five. Week five is uh, officially over for you guys. And three games in the books. You guys traveled to Keokuk on Monday, and then you guys had Cascade last night. In between there, a doubleheader with Regina again <laughs> got postponed because of weather. And when does it become a running joke, or is it already, about oh. oh, are we going to play Regina this year or not? <laughs> you know, we've had the girls ask us, parents ask us. You know, we just go from day to day, and I guess we'll see if we can get it in. We'll get it in. You know, both teams want to play it. It's not a – I'm not – suggesting that somebody's dodging somebody by any stretch but it's just funny how you guys are being proactive and and trying to play those games and it's like there's nothing else you can do yeah no mother nature definitely has had a toll on this season more than we've had in the years past and you know just trying to find the time to make it up because that's always a competitive game between regina and wilson and so we're hoping you know next week or the week after to be able to get it in you know, the this, the games with Keokuk I always find interesting because Keokuk's kind of an interesting town. It's, um, you know, it's a few, couple hours from here, maybe a little, maybe even closer to three than two. And you guys have maintained this, uh, this I wouldn't call it a series, but you've maintained the, the playing each other. And Keokuk, you know, is a smaller 3A-ish school. And a school that, I don't know, it, they have some history behind them and it's kind of fun to see you guys Durant plays them I think usually for the most part but you guys had to go down there and you know they don't they aren't having the season they want to but you know it's a long road trip you know like you said they've always had such a rich tradition of uh, quality softball when I was in high school we played them um, in the Muscatine tournament and so just knowing that they they are a great softball kind of community um we like to play them. I know it is almost a two-hour bus ride, but um, it helps us kind of reach those teams that are outside of our zone that we play um, around this area just to kind of get some new competitions, people that we wouldn't normally see. And um, we went down there, and, you know, we got two wins, um, tried out some girls in new positions just to kind of uh, get a feeler for the rest of the season. And it's just like it's a good time for us to try new things down there. I'm going to back up. I forgot to talk about the Des Moines East Tournament, and I don't know why I skipped over that. <laughs> but we left off last week's podcast with you guys were getting ready for that. Yep. And you guys were excited because it's a new tournament, and you guys you know, do a really good job of, you know, like a better words, fostering community amongst yourselves. You guys like to, you know, get away from mom and dad, get away from uh, – uh, Snapchat, Instagram, to as much as you can, you know, um, get away from uh, normal here to, you know, have that, that bond of, you know, common, you know, you have to get up for a long bus ride. You have to get up early in a town you're not normally used to getting up. You have to plan for the day when, you know, you, you can run home from school if you forget your books, stuff like that, you know. And Des Moines East's tournament usually draws some good teams there. Absolutely. You know, we like you said, we just wanted to kind of get away for a weekend, uh, play ball, and kind of work on that team chemistry, and that's something that we did. Uh, you know, again, we went out there, we played teams that we for sure would not see around here um, in our normal schedule, uh, playing Bettendorf and Iowa City, City High, and playing Des Moines East and Waterloo West. Um, those are some big schools, and then we're just a little uh, two-way school. And so um, to go out there and play with them, compete with them, um, something that we wanted to do and again we just tried girls in new positions and kind of 
put some feelers out there to kind of just see what would happen. Um, it was a great experience for these girls, and I think that we definitely learned from that and we're taking it on to the rest of the season. And those, I mean, you know, you played four games in 48 hours, roughly, and just giving those kids opportunities. Like you said, you know, with different lineups, combinations, different players. I mean, all, I mean, same players, different positions even. I mean, it's kind of the last, and near the last tune-up, it's like you, you know, you need to see what you have for sure. I mean, what if you find some undiscovered gem of, of a kid who can, you know, steal a base or, you know, yep. make the cutoff throw a little more consistent than this person who maybe is better over here and so, so forth, you know? Yep, and, that, and that's exactly what we're doing. We're trying some younger girls and some, um, in different positions and things like that. Um, but, again, we went out there and three of the four teams that we are, yeah, three of the four games that we played um, were against ranked opponents. So, um and their 5A school. So that was something just kind of like a confidence booster that we can compete with those girls and that we've got to just bring our A game and we can do some great things. You guys led off with a 9-8 defeat to Class 5A number 5, Iowa City High, and you guys were ahead all this game for the most part, and they got you in the end with two runs and a six. But do the girls, I mean, I know you guys – Say you know, hey, this is this team, and this is blah 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 and stuff. But I mean, what was the mood after this game? I mean, is this as good of a loss you could have, or is it more like you know we're past that point? We should have won this game. We're mad, or or you you know these girls, they're just they don't really look at who we're playing. They just come and they're ready to play. And um, you know, a loss is never is never good. But we also talk to these girls about how. Uh, we need to make this a learning experience. And so things that we need to work on, things that we did well, um, you know, we learn from every experience that we're put in, and that's what we did when we were out in Des Moines. 14 hits against Iowa City High is pretty, pretty awesome. You guys uh, have hit the ball, well, all year, and, you know, getting two pitchers in at the same time, um, four stolen bases, I mean, those little things over, you never know who you're going out for that tournament for, too. You know, you don't know who's going to be like, hey, it's going to click this time for me with confidence. Or, hey, it's going to click with me. I can hit to the opposite field and advance a runner. Or you just don't know who you're going for in a way, too, on top of all the other benefits of going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, we just we just pushed through. We I felt like the girls really proved themselves in that game. And, uh it was a good team team game, I guess you'd say. You guys also played Bentendorf. Sometimes you'll play Bentendorf uh, here and there. But, you know, you had Bentendorf, Waterloo West, Des Moines East. You beat Waterloo West 9-7. to You lost to Bentendorf and Des Moines East. Um, 15 hits in the victory against Waterloo West. Mila Johnson got the victory. Four innings. Charlotte Brown, um, two and two-thirds, that's the name, uh, um, hasn't pitched in varsity that I know of up until that point. Um, you know, you're looking at some of the um, hit leaders. You know, I have Courtney Drake with three, Peyton Ganser, Chloe Wells, Ella Caffrey, Emmy Koss, or Emily Koss, I should say, two hits each, um, seven doubles. That's exciting, too. Yeah, you know, we just, we're finally getting that, uh, our offense to click and kind of getting our lineup kind of figured out and um, it really showed in that game and you know, girls are really stepping up um, when needed and that really helped. 
Akiakuk, Mila Johnson got the Game 1 victory, 7 innings, and Game 2 victory in 5 innings. 12 innings pitched in the in the evening. Um, many strikeouts, and, you know, we touched on it last week. Mila's getting some uh, at-bats and doing fairly well there, too. Well, yeah, Mila, she's, she's really uh, coming around. Um, she's kind of gone through a few struggles this year of just kind of the command of the ball and things like that, but she's really uh, been that solid, you know, presence in the in that circle and she's doing a great job and she's she's definitely putting the ball over the plate and making the defense work it was kind of nice to be home last night you guys uh aren't going to have too many opportunities here the rest of the regular season uh you guys have mount pleasant a week from tonight and a doubleheader and then two weeks from tonight <laughs> you have clear creek amanda for i believe senior night i think um yep so, I mean, everything else, the conference games uh, at North Cedar, at West Liberty, at Mid Prairie, at Northeast, and that's going to be fun <laughs> from my perspective, from you guys. I mean, you have, you're going to have to bring uh, your game every night, of course. Yep. Uh, last night was an uh, opportunity at Cascade, kind of a team, you know, they're not the Coach Weber teams of old. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, they're kind of laying in the weeds. They, they, are not the Cascade ranked teams of old, but you know they put up eight eight runs. Granted, you guys were ahead early and often. Yep. You know, there's we've a, a theme that we've had this year is we've kind of um, there's always that one inning where um, you know things just don't go our way. And Cascade was hitting the ball last night, and they were hitting it where we weren't. Um, it, it's not that our defense was playing terribly because we weren't. It's just they were hitting those little bloopers over. You know the shortstop in left field, Ted. Shortstop and right in front of left field, where it's like no man's land, and uh, they were doing that repetitively. And where we'd move, then they'd hit a different place. And so, um, kudos to them. They were definitely hitting the ball, um, but in the end, we we got that win, and a win is a win in our book. And we were happy to come away um, on the week three and zero. You guys batted around in the first, nearly batted around in the second. Um, you scored four runs in each of those innings. Um, several RBI hits. You know, Peyton Strada had a an RBI single in the first, a three-run home run in the second. Garvin had a RBI single in the first. Matty Wade had an RBI single in the first, RBI double in the second. I mean, those are the uh, mid to start of the lower, like the five, six, seven hitters. And that's kind of exciting to see, too, you know. And, that, and that's what we just need. We, need. we preach to them to put the ball in play and that good things will happen and that. Uh... They're doing their job right now, and we hope that that continues the rest of the season. Chloe Wells hit her eighth home run, a pinch hit Chloe Wells last night. That was exciting to see. I know uh, you can file that away. Maybe, you know, <laughs> who knows when uh, Chloe Wells will be called upon for pinch hitting duty again. But, you know, to be able to come off the bench and do that, that's kind of exciting too. Mila Johnson, another victory in the circle. Charlotte Brown, um, Three and two-thirds innings of work, two strikeouts, no walks for any of the Wilton pitchers. I mean, that's good, too. And uh, a victory, you move on. <laughs> and that's what, we, that's what we preach to the girls. You know, a win is a win, and that was great. And now we'll just learn on it, uh, fine-tune some things at practice, and go back to work on Monday. Sometimes I forget that you guys made state last year, and I don't mean that as a slight for you or any of the kids. But, you know, sometimes we live in the here and now and stuff, and, 
it's sometimes easy to forget those things. Yep, and, and you know, we talk to the girls a lot, and they've really just expressed that, you know, last year is last year, and this is a new year, a new team, and that we want to just continue to push on and, you know, ultimately have that same goal, but to not refer to last year, but to just continue to live in the present and um, go with it, and good things will happen for this team. With that said, you guys do have some confidence knowing that you guys have been there and you, you've seen that, what what it takes and what mental approach to the game you need to do that. I mean, is that kind of some of the things that, um, you know, you I mean, not that you have everything all the time, but I mean, you guys have that coming down the stretch. It's kind of a, it's just a different place than where you were last year in a way. Oh, as you can't look ahead to see you know, where you're going to finish. If you look at the stats, you look at the record, you look at everything, we are exactly where we were last year. And um, this is this is definitely a second-half team, and um, we're excited, and I know that great things will happen. And, again, we are – I hate to re- keep on referring to this, but we are young, and we still have, you know, two more solid years with this core group. And so we're excited what the future holds for us, and um, good things will happen. Four wins in the last five games. Uh, hopefully next week we'll have <laughs> – we'll definitely have some games to talk about. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll maybe find out where you're playing in the postseason as well. Yep. Thanks for coming on this morning. Appreciate it. Good luck. Back to the Coach Corner podcast. We're catching up with Wilton baseball coach Jake Serrata. The Beavers have a few games under their belts. Coach, welcome on the podcast. Thank you. You guys uh, remain top ranked in Class 2A. You guys have played three games this week two against Muscatine, one against state ranked Cascade last night. How are things going? Uh, it was a good week for us. Um, three games this week so far. We haven't given up a run. So obviously, uh, uh, pitching and defense are back to where they need to be, and our hitting is coming around here. We hit the ball really well in game two against Muscatine, and that continued on last night against Cascade. You guys improved to 14-1 and overall, 10-0 and in the conference, and, you know, we're getting down to – I mean, we're in the heart of the season, you know, almost on the, on the downturn of the regular season. Week five is um, – over here after tomorrow, you guys on on schedule to play tonight against uh, Mason City Newman Catholic, uh, the top ranked team in Class One A. You guys are top ranked in Two A, and that's pretty exciting to to dream about uh, a matchup there. Yeah, it's just something we've tried to do the last couple of years here, and we got rained out last year, and uh, things aren't exactly looking great for tonight. But uh, hopefully. Uh, the weather will pass through, and we'll be able to get on the turf and play tonight in Iowa. But uh, obviously, no guarantees there with this weather the way it's been this spring summer so far here. Another opponent that you guys have had on the schedule before, but you know, weather seems to uh, cancel these. Is Muscatine? You guys hosted the Muskies on Tuesday of this past week, three zero and nine zero shutouts. Uh, Couple that with last night's eleven zero shutout in five innings over. Class 2A, number 7, Cascade. And you guys all of a sudden have nine shutout victories. Yeah, I mean, nine shutouts in, in 14 games is, is pretty good. I mean, obviously, a tribute to our pitching staff. Um, they do a great job throwing the ball and hitting spots for pitches. 
Our defense has been strong behind him. And then, like I said, Brock Hartley does a great job calling games for us uh, behind the plate. He uh, works really well with our pitching staff, and uh, he's just kind of an unsung hero. The guy that's back there doing a great job for us day in and day out to keep our pitchers being able to throw pitches in the dirt, being able to move pitches around. And he just, you know, he has confidence in our pitching staff, and they in turn have confidence in him and the game that he calls for them. So uh, it's just been. You know, so far, so good. They were pitching in defense. Uh, like I said, our hitting came around here this week. Got uh, some pretty good teams. One of my one of the two favorite things I've uh, seen this season uh, um, talk about here in a second. But the first one is Ashton Stoke. Uh, Stoke uh, improved to three and zero on the on pitching with a shutout victory, a three hitter shutout victory against Muscatine in the first game in Ashton. Um, lowered his ERA to 2.42 and he's a kid that you know kind of you know I think of when I think of Wilton you know you you work hard you keep at it and when you get to be a senior it's your time and he's taking full advantage of that yeah like I said Ashton's 3-0 for us uh, hasn't given up a run all year 0.0 ERA and then AJ um, doing the same thing he's you know stepped up for us throwing some big games and uh, got, he got a nine nothing shutout win in game two. So those two guys have waived their opportunities, like you said, and, and they've stepped up here and uh, really doing a nice job for us um, when, that, when it's their turn to throw. And they get some, we're getting good quality innings out of both of them. I apologize. I I read Corey's ERA. Uh, sorry to Corey as well for uh, <laughs> that, but. Um, yeah, so no no runs given up by Stoke is a good thing. Seven strikeouts, no walks, uh, five hits, multi-hit game for Colin McCrabb, home run, RBI, stolen base, double, two runs scored. He did everything but draw a walk and a triple that game, that first game. Yeah, Colin's been doing a great job for us all season long. I mean, he's hitting the ball extremely hard when he gets his opportunities to hit, and he's you know, taking full advantage of them. I mean, in those three games, Muscatine, Muscatine, and Cascadia has a home run each game. Um, so, obviously, he's locked in right now and hitting the home run. Hopefully that will continue to progress and get better as the season goes on here. And, and he's definitely a throw at the plate. And some other guys are getting rolling right now as well. Jared's been hitting the ball better uh, behind him there. Um, all the way down the lineup, the guy's been hitting the ball. Garrett Bonesack stepping up, hitting the ball well for us. Um, Corey and Chance for getting on base early in the lineup for us to do things. And the, the middle guys on down through have been just doing a good job hitting the ball. 9 nothing game two victory highlighted by a six-run sixth. Broke open a 3 nothing game. Boston with the win, seven strikeouts, two walks, four hits. Multi-hit game for Clayton Cooling, Brock Hartley, Colin McCrabb, and, um, you know, RBIs up and down the lineup, and I th- I know you you like to see that too, not just the hits, but you know when people are driving runs in, that's just as fun too. You know you can just add pile on the fun when you can drive in one of your buddies. Yeah, we, we got things started there in that sixth inning. A couple guys got some hits, and it just snowballed from there. Pretty soon we had hits all the way down the lineup, and uh, runs started coming across the plate for us. Guys were having good quality at bats, and you know picking each other up there. And that's what, you know, a good senior group of guys will do. They, they pick each other up, and, and they know, you know, the situation that they're in and the opportunities now that they're playing in their last basically three weeks of the regular season that they have. 
of their high school careers before postseason starts. So they're, they're getting to that point now. They're starting to excel and play really good baseball. You know, we'll move on to Cascade last night. Seventh-ranked Cascade came in. Uh, you know, they, they had a really good win last week against what was then – I'm sorry, Cascade's eight. They had a win over number seven, Dyersville Beckman. Um, the really good win, 10 nothing, And, you know, just one of those Cadillac programs. You know, yeah, I, I would throw you guys in there too. You know, Regina's usually in that conversation of, you know, just solid year-in, year-out ball clubs. Yeah, you know, Cascade's always a, a great baseball town. You know, they love their baseball in Cascade, and when Wilton gets to play them, it's always a fun time because both teams are really good baseball towns. And, um, a lot of a lot of good baseball players in those games, and last night we were fortunate to come out on the, the winning end of it. Uh, Jared Townsend stepped up and, and threw an outstanding game for us. Um, he's back to his old form, threw the ball very well. Um, I think he had 11 strikeouts out of the 15 outs. Um, and then, like I said, our guys hit the ball really well. To, to score 11 runs on Cascade and shut them out is, is big feather in the guys. Uh, they just, you know, they wanted that game after losing to them last year at Mount Mercy. They stepped up and uh, really played well last night. Couldn't have had a better start, I think, to this game. Uh, Jared got two of the first three batters, uh, Reed Roush, and then their thir- three-hole hitter stri- struck out. And then you guys turn around and um, bat around in the bottom half of the first. Three of the first four batters for you guys had hits. Uh, Corey Anderson a single, Chance Stevens a double. Then Colin walked, and then Townsend got a double. And uh, just like that, you guys are on your way. Yeah, obviously, when you're playing big games, it's great to score early, uh, let your pitcher settle in. And that's what happened last night. Jared got his three outs to start the game. Went out and hit the ball really well and got him a four nothing lead. Then he really settled in from there and just threw an outstanding game. Um, for him to for him to throw a no hitter against the, the number seven team in the state is obviously very impressive. And you know he's, he really stepped up the challenge last night and did a great job for us. Coach, you didn't when you guys were at the plate. You had no fewer than four batters come to the come come up in that particular half inning. Talk about how important that is to, you know, just keep the line moving, too. You know, whether it's Cascade or whoever, you know, the, you you know, if you, if you think about it too much, then you, you don't you don't want people to think too much, but you want to also, um, you know, ride the momentum, too. Yeah, our big thing here lately has just been uh, good approaches at the plate, and that's what we've had lately. Our guys have gone up, have a plan in mind, way to hit the ball, you know, paying attention to detail when they're on deck. To, to watch what the pitchers do and find patterns, things that they can do to be better at the plate, and they've carried that over. They're really locked in when they get into the plate right now. And uh, like I said, one through nine, the guys are hitting the ball really well. Uh, even O2, a couple guys last night, O2 stepping up, getting hit in those situations. So um, obviously, those guys are working hard to get better in practice and, and taking that to the field right now. And hopefully, that's something that's going to continue for us in the next couple weeks. Another one of my favorite parts about. Um, this recent stretch is, you know, the play of the, you know, six through nine hitters. You know, Ashton, um, Clayton, uh, Garrett, and Brayton. Not necessarily in that order, but, you know, check this out. Third inning, you know, Stoke had a single. Wade flew out, but he had a double, that double in the first. You know, Clayton had a, had a walk. 
Garrett had a walk, and I want to say that was like an eight or nine pitch at bat. If I remember right, I might be blurred together, but I know that that, that Garrett uh, had some foul balls to stay alive there. And, you know, here nor there, you know, last year, it just you know, you can see the, the development and the growth in those guys from last year to this year. And I just, you know, when you, when you can uh, have a little more confidence uh, as a player and, you know, coaches have a little more confidence in you, um, good things happen. Yeah, and that's obviously the advantage of having the, the strong senior classes we do right now. They've all played a lot. They, they know what they're doing, and, and you see the maturity and the growth in them as they come up through the ranks of the, the years. And uh, Garrett's one of those guys. He's, you know, he's we, we buy him in the ninth hole. He's probably a two through five hole hitter on most teams, but we like him down there because he gets on base and brings us right to the top of the lineup with him and Corey. Boom, boom. And it gives us a chance to score a lot of runs that way. Plus, it gives us a strong bottom to our order as well. And he's just a guy that right now is really hitting the ball well for us. And obviously, a threat on the base pass once he's on. And he's patient. And he takes the walks as well. So, he's just doing a great job for us getting on base and doing a lot of good things. Plus, playing a really strong center field for us. And like you said, Ashton's been hitting. He's been coming on strong here lately. Brayton's been picking it up and hitting really well. But big RBIs here. And then... Uh, and Clayton as well, putting the ball in play and doing a lot of good things for us. So, so it's a strong senior group, and they're doing what's asked of them to get better, and we're taking that to the field, continuing to improve as the season goes along here. You know what's exciting, too, is, you know, this time next week we'll be one day behind, potentially, weather permitting, seven more games to talk about. And, you know, you've played 15, so, I mean, you basically, <laughs> I mean, you're at your, your the volume of games that uh, are in the in the works and on the schedule, um, you know, you just want to go do, you just want to go play, you know, but, you know, you have top ranked for Newman Catholic tonight, you have number six in 1A, Albernet coming in uh, next Tuesday, Davenport West, you know, you guys have had some <laughs> games with those guys. Uh, West Liberty, you know, they have a, a few pieces and definitely, I mean, we said it last year when they had a good record for West Liberty, you know, and this year I, they've, they've exceeded that even as far as their record. And then, you know, Midland, you know, you get to renew your uh, uh, games with Coach Soper, you know, as Coach Soper from Monticello now at Midland. And um, I don't know, it's it's just... At the- it's a good week for us. I mean, we've got a lot of games in there, but it's also an opportunity for our pitchers to continue to get their, their opportunities to throw, and hopefully we'll be set up ready to go for that next week with all our guys ready to back out there on the mound. Obviously, it's a good game. You know, Albert a good team. Davenport West is a, is a strong quality opponent. And, you know, and, and these other guys, you know, getting a chance to throw will be um, big for them to just go out and you get to play those teams, and like you said, Josh has been playing good baseball right now. So, um, good games for us on our schedule, and a chance for the guys to play and continue to get better. Before I let you go, we'll talk a second here about the postseason. Uh, pods came out, and you guys are in District 7 with Danville, the Wise of Muscatine, Mediapolis, Wapolo, West Burlington. Normally, you guys, I mean, you've played Wapolo, but, I mean, normally you've, you've played a couple of these teams. And, you know, normally you guys are in with five other conference schools. <laughs> and this is the first time in 
a long time that I can remember us not being with, with conference schools. So it's kind of exciting to go see new teams and get different opportunities. It's, you know, it's as I say, never easy to beat a team three times. And so it's, you know, when we play the same teams over and over again, then you have to play them again in the postseason. That's never usually easy because they know some tendencies, they know things. And this is just an opportunity for us to get a clean slate, go play new teams. And you guys are looking forward to that as well. Um, obviously, it's, it's just a little different. And I think, you know, hopefully it'll be a good opportunity for us. It's got to be pretty exciting. Uh, I know you don't like to look ahead by any stretch, but naturally you see the paper that you're written on for District 7. You look at District 8 and you kind of wonder, hey, who's coming out of there? And you have Albia, Central Lee, Sheraton, Davis County, Eddieville, Blakesburg, and Van Buren. You know, there's some schools over the years who have popped up in and out of the rankings, uh, teams that, um, well, you played Davis County before in the postseason. Um, you know, they're kind of in the – they're kind of a mini conference tournament plus Van Buren. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, we're obviously we went to the, the South route this year, and uh, teams that we have not seen, and it'll be just a, a chance for us to, to play new teams and new opportunities for us to see where we're at, and hopefully play well. Coach, thanks for coming on this morning. I appreciate it. We'll talk about some of these games next week, and uh, maybe uh, look ahead and see. You know, it's going to end quick, but there's a lot of a season quite left to be played. All right, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Coach's Corner podcast. If you have any questions or comments about this program, please email me at conservativesports at gmail.com. Also, follow along with sports coverage in the Tipton Conservative newspaper this fall for North Cedar, Tipton, Wilton, and Durant Athletics. You can follow along on Twitter with the handle at Sports, that's my Twitter account. I also have a Facebook page called Tipton Conservative Sports, or you can find me on Instagram as well. Thanks for listening. Until next time, we'll see you at the game. Thank <laughs> you.